1: More than 44 times in the Gospel of John, Jesus is identified as being one sent by God. And Jesus recognized that. He spoke continually of wanting to do and doing the will of God.
2: With us, our obedience to the Lord is kind of like spasmodic. Sometimes we're on the money, sometimes we're not. And hopefully, like the Apostle Paul, we are constantly striving to be more like Christ more on the money. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's going to wrap up this portion of his study on the book of John. He's in the fourth chapter, and we'll finish up in the fourth chapter today. For more information about this ministry, go to our website at studyversebyverse.com.
1: Verse 35, do not say there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. But here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labor, and you have entered into their labor. Now, what Jesus is uh, quoting here is a proverb. There are four months, then comes the harvest. You see, the uh, Jews uh, were mostly farmers, and they had a six-fold division of the annual calendar. Each division lasted about two months. Uh, There was seed time when you prepared the land and you deposited the seeds. There was winter, spring, then harvest, then summer, and then there was another couple of months of extreme heat. And so what Jesus is saying here is it usually takes a minimum of four months between the time that you plant the seed and you harvest. But look up for the harvest is ready for reaping now. What Jesus was trying to communicate to his disciples was this sense of urgency that when it's time to harvest, it's time to harvest. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't be confused in saying it's not time for harvest when it's time for harvest. Jesus said, For in this case the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Remember our study of 1 Corinthians where Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who gave the increase? You know, there are many in, uh, along our, our path that have, sowed, have sown seeds into our lives, and there are others that have nurtured those seeds, they've watered those seeds. And then at some point, God's timing, when we're prepared, then there is somebody who has the opportunity to to reap. And at that point, then, we make a decision of putting our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. What Jesus was saying is, there are others who have sown into the lives of these Samaritans. I'm giving you the opportunity to reap where you have not sown. He described the harvest as white. Now, Sychar is surrounded by uh, fields of corn, that the scholars indicate at that time were probably green. And uh, so why would he describe the harvest as white? Well, H.V. H. Morton has an interesting observation about this. He himself was sitting at the spot where Jacob's well is, and as he sat there, he saw people coming out of the village and starting to climb the hill. And they came out in batches of people, and they were all wearing white robes, and those white robes stood out in contrast to the land around them and the sky. And so it may have been at this very moment in our biblical narration that people started streaming out of the city to come and meet Jesus at the well. And they dressed in their Samaritan white garments is what Jesus was referring to when he said the harvest is, is white. They are white to harvest. Now, Although the Samaritans had not yet reached the well... Jesus already knew the condition of their heart, that some were ready to receive salvation. And that's also an indication that Jesus Christ was God, because only God knows a person's heart. Only God knows when a person is is ready. So the passage really teaches us a couple of things. It it teaches about uh, opportunity, that, that there are times in a person's life when they are exceptionally sensitive to and ready to respond to God and the gospel. And so we must always remain alert and responsive to those opportunities when they arise so that we can enjoy the fruit of the harvest. So we need to always be alert for opportunities to reap. And we must also take every opportunity to sow. Every one of us should be sowers and reapers. You know, Some people who have the gift of reaping and and have the privilege of seeing many people receive Jesus Christ, sometimes they can tend to take credit than they tend to dismiss the investment that's been made by others before them. Because before that person is ready to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there have been many people in their life who have planted seeds and who have nourished that growing desire to have a relationship with God. And there are many times when people sow and people nourish towards the kingdom of God and they don't get to see the the results of their labors. But this is an encouragement to us that no such undertaking will ever fail. If we don't get to see the results of the seeds that we've planted, others will. Verse 39, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. After the Samaritans had been introduced to Jesus Christ, they wanted his company. He wanted as much of his company as he could spare for them. They continued to ask him to stay, it says, they, uh, they wanted to learn more about him. They wanted to hear more of what he had to say. You know, it tells us that others may lead us to have an opportunity to open a relationship, a friendship with Christ Jesus, but we must claim and we must invest in and we must develop that relationship for ourselves. And then they said Jesus was the Savior of the world. He was the Savior of the world. He saves people. He does it in so many ways. One of the ways that he saves people is to break the chains that bind people to their failures of the past. That's what he did in the case of this woman. In fact, she's an an excellent example of God's saving power. You know, I bet you that there were people in that town who looked upon this woman and said, there's somebody that is beyond any hope of salvation. That person is lost. And I'll bet you there are people that each of us have a tendency to look at, and we draw that conclusion ourselves. We look at them and say, oh, that person is beyond God's salvation. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. But Jesus came and rescued her. He enabled her to break the chains that bound her. She, he enabled her to break the shame and the guilt of her past and to give her an opportunity for a new future not only in this world but also in the world to come he is the savior of the world now we also are reminded in this story one of the great truths of of Christian life and that is that the best argument for Christianity is sharing a personal Christian experience now there are times when we need to argue with people. We need to debate with people. We need to uh, confront people's misgivings and misunderstandings, things that they have been told uh, that are not true. But the best persuasion is when we're talking with somebody, we say, I know Jesus, and I know what Jesus can do. Let me tell you what I was before Jesus, and let me tell you what I am now. And if Jesus can do this for me, Give him a try. Maybe he'll do something like that for you as well. You know, there are times in people's lives when they're particularly open for reaping, when they're particularly open for harvest. As they go through day-to-day activities, they're usually pretty closed. They're on a treadmill. They don't have time for distractions. But sometimes things happen in life that are not expected. Um... And it causes people to stop and to think. And people then are oftentimes open to listening and and responding to the gospel in a fashion they wouldn't normally be. So there are conditions in lives of individuals that make them an opportunity for harvest. There are also seasons in the year that we all experience where there is a time of harvest. Uh, Easter is a time of harvest. Because at Easter time, the entire world is reminded that somebody who lived 2,000 years ago said he would die and rise from the dead, and he did exactly that. And it has transformed life around this world ever since. And people at that time are listening, as they might not at any other time of the year. And another time of the year that people are open is Christmas. When we celebrate the birth of the Savior, and everybody hears the message of Christmas. And it's a time where people get off the treadmill of life, and they have an opportunity to slow down and think about the bigger picture. I, I always enjoy the season of the year. After the Christmas uh, celebrations are done, I, I like to get away and have time to reflect on the previous year and to think about the year to come. It's a time when people are open for listening to the gospel and sometimes responding to it. And we as a church family don't want to miss the opportunity when harvest time comes. And that's why we as a team, as a family, we prepare and present the gospel in so many different ways. Now I want to challenge you to consider this Christmas season as a time of harvest and to be particularly alert for opportunities that God brings across your path, to share the gospel with them, to invite them to a presentation of the gospel through one of the events of the church.
2: Amen. And I'm sure some of you are scratching your head and asking yourself, didn't they know that this message was uh, shared in the month of December? Yes, but it's just a small portion of the uh, bigger study in the book of John that uh, we're extending over a number of weeks here on study verse by verse. And of course that truth about sharing the gospel to people at certain times of the year because they're perhaps more sensitive then uh, is accurate, but we should always be prepared as it says in 1 Peter 3.15 to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you not just the reason for the season. If you'd like more information about this ministry, please go to our website at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Pastor Layton will move into the fifth chapter of John when we come back at this same time here on this same station, and I hope you can join us. Additional details about Church of the Highlands are available on their website at churchofthehighlands.org. We'll be back tomorrow at this same time and Pastor Layton will open the Word of God and we'll study verse by verse.